0: Scepter, remember he's the new scientist character, feels like wandering along a beach someplace looking for rocks, but the best Optimus Prime will give him for backup is a few mini-spies. Better than Spike, Chip, and Carly, I suppose. Actually, I think I'd pick Chip over Warpath. There's only so much bam, pow, zoom I can take in a day. A fight happens, because even though there are still only about ten Decepticons on Earth, three of them are obligated to be loitering nearby at all times, because Megatron is nothing if not an absolute genius at resource allocation. While the fight is going on, Beachcomber, he's the dune buggy we met about 12 episodes ago, is off in this peaceful meadow, petting bunnies and stuff. Because he's a pacifist, and this is what pacifists spend their time doing. Seriously, I'm one. I'm always doing this sort of thing. Oh, and remember a few weeks ago when I mentioned Beachcomber's particular irritating speech impediment? Here's your proof. Oh my, it's paradise. While he's, um, breastfeeding these bunnies here, He discovers a pool of what he refers to as Electrum. The stuff apparently makes you utterly impervious to laser blasts, null rays, missiles, and whatever other accessories come with your standard Transformer. So naturally he doesn't want anyone to know about it. Or else, they'd stop getting hurt, and we couldn't have that. Of course, the pool is discovered almost immediately by Coney here, aka Thrust, and I gotta tell you, that name never gets less funny to me, Thrust. (laughs) He takes a quick golden shower in the stuff, then returns to fighting. And unsurprisingly kicks everyone's ass. They run away, but not before Thrust arbitrarily grows laser beak claws and kidnaps Perceptor. Oh, and Seaspray. Megatron refers to Seaspray as a naval tactician, which may very well be his official title. And it sounds kind of impressive until you remember that he's the only boat the Autobots have. Much like his superhero counterpart Aquaman, the team has patronized him by making him vice president in charge of stupid crap nobody cares about. Oddly enough, even though it's Thrust who drops off the prisoners, Megatron doesn't actually notice that he's been dipped in gold until after he talks to the prisoners. I wonder if all those jet guys look alike to him too. Is it racist to just call all of them Starscream? Speaking of Starscream, there's a pretty funny scene where he's ordered to test the Electrum and he's scared to, which includes a bit where he actually holds his nose before jumping in. I'll let you ponder that one for a moment. So the Decepticons all coat themselves in invulnerability juice and begin their reign of terror by... Wrecking up the peaceful home of these adorable woodland critters. Yes, Megatron truly is hardcore. Meanwhile, the Autobots put together a rescue party consisting of the same guys who couldn't hack it last time and Smokescreen. I bet you $5 he solves something by shooting a cloud of smoke at it before the episode's over. Oh, and they bring Mirage, too. I was going to make fun of them for being fooled by his stupid invisibility trick yet again, but I guess they fooled me, too. So, never mind. Incidentally, Beachcomber, who knows all about the Electrum, doesn't say a word and lets his friends charge into battle knowing full well that they don't have a chance. And nobody even asks about his gold hand. I guess they just assume he's a Michael Jackson fan. Hey, who wasn't in 1985? The battle happens. You owe me five bucks, incidentally. And Megatron finally figures out a clever way around the highly advanced Cloud of Smoke tactic. Just shoot up the whole cloud. He's in there somewhere! Mirage runs back to base and gets more reinforcements, which makes total sense to me. If your enemy appears to have some kind of new invincibility and tramples all over a handful of guys, your best bet is to send in more. That's bound to work, right? It doesn't, but why all those Autobots aren't dead now is just beyond me, especially since Megatron specifically gave an order to show no mercy. I mean, I know this is TV, but they could die off camera, couldn't they? Back at Decepticon HQ, the two prisoners are forced to fight each other to the death. And while this is a particularly stale cliché, it's worth pointing out that it's a cliché that the show hasn't actually indulged in yet. They had to get to it eventually. Here is as good a place as any. So the Autobots, having endured two rounds of flawless victories, decide to send their greatest warrior, the giant Omega Supreme, into battle. What could possibly go wrong? Especially when he actually says, failure impossible. Might as well end the episode early because it's all over. What? You mean they defeated him too? No way. Finally, the Autobots work out that the Decepticons have some kind of special advantage, and race out to find some of their own. Mind you, the stuff was already discovered by an Autobot before anyone else even got there, but he's keeping it to himself for some reason. I guess because he's a pacifist. Which is why he fights his way out of captivity and saves his friends. Okay, so I guess it's just because he's a dick. I really have no other explanation that works. So the Autobots get their own Electrum bath, since the Decepticons left one Starscream behind to guard it, and the character animators get to draw an entire battle using only one color. The Electrum fades away like nothing ever happened and the pool is destroyed. We even get a music cue that sounds kind of like wah, 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 but then we get this last little bit at the end which is legitimately bleak and depressing. We won. And people wonder why kids my age grew up cynical. Now it's time for this week's science lesson. Electrum actually exists in the real world. It's a natural alloy of gold and silver, which everyone knows are really tough metals that are impossible to damage or melt. I will enjoy this.